Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable from Paris. If I told y'all about the ordeal that it took to get to this city this time, Cam Lyon was going on earlier this week, and I was supposed to fly out on Tuesday. A bunch of my friends were going to be in town, so I was going to go hang out and then come to Paris. Get to the airport, 9.30 in the morning for an 11.20 flight check in, I get my ticket, and it says my plane leaves at 5.45. No, no, my plane leaves at 11.20. So I find one of the agents, I'm like, hey, like they printed out the wrong time because I'm supposed to leave at 11.20. She does a little clicking around on her computer and she's like, oh no, your flight got canceled and this is the next available flight. And I was like, no, 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 you have to book me on something else. Like there's a flight available on Air France, like, you know, fly me on that. And I was flying on British Airways. I was like, y'all can book me, which I'm not going to do, is have me waiting at the airport for eight hours. They were like, there's nothing showing in our system. I'm like, we can cancel because your flight's been delayed for more than three hours, but we can't get you to can any earlier. So I'm like, you know what? I recorded the podcast in advance. I was like, I'll edit the podcast. I'll hang out in a lounge. I'll work on this book proposal. Like, I'll, I'll figure it out, but I have to get to Cannes. And the party I really wanted to go to that night didn't start till 11 o'clock. D-Nice was throwing a party in Cannes. So I'm in the airport all day. Somewhere around 4.30, I'm sitting in the lounge and this big commotion is happening. This woman is like having like a full freak out. I'm like, what's going on? And they were like, oh, her flight's been canceled. She's been waiting here all day. What? I turn around and look at the board, check my flight. Most of the flights on British Airways have been canceled. They canceled, I would say at least 30 flights, maybe more that day. It's 4.30 when I find out my flight has been canceled. I was like, well, 
fuck. I can't leave the airport right now. One, because I don't have my bags. Two, because it's rush hour. And even in non-rush hour, it takes an hour to get from Heathrow back to my place in central London. So I was like, I might as well just hang out because I'm not going back in rush hour. Finish the podcast, send that in. I was like, okay, let me get on the phone and see if I can like reschedule my flight. Not for the next day because I was only going to be in Cannes for two days and see if I can go straight to Paris. I try to go to a physical person in the airport since, you know, I'm literally in the British Airways terminal because British Airways is based out of Heathrow. I go to customer service where you're supposed to be able to rebook your flight. They're like, no, we're not doing any rebookings in the airport. You have to do it online or or you have to call. Like, we're not doing any rebookings because we've canceled so many flights. The reason you should be doing rebookings in the airport is because you've canceled so many flights. They don't want to deal with the people. So they're sending the people online or they're sending people to the customer service hotline. I called the number. I sit on hold the first time because I had to go through three rounds of this. I sit on the phone the first time for 20 minutes. When they finally answered the phone, the woman was like, aren't you at the airport? Can't you go talk to them? They're not allowing us to talk to them, ma'am. They're directing all of us to call the hotline or to go online. And she was just like, you can't go online. Ma'am, I am on the phone with you. Can you assist me or not? I've never flown Spirit. I've also never flown Ethiopian Airways. They're the two airlines that consistently people drag, like never take them, never fly them. They're the worst. They're awful. Terrible customer service. Add British Airways into that shit. They are awful. Awful. I finally leave where the gates are and I go to baggage claim to get my bag. I get there. The guy was like, oh, it's going to be at least 30 minutes to an hour before the bags to Nice, because that's where I had to fly into to get to Cannes, before the bags come out. My flight was canceled at 4.30. I didn't get my bag until 9.30. They just didn't bring them out. They canceled so many flights. They were bringing in bags from like all different places. And I was like, okay, like are the bags from Nice? Are the bags from the Nice flight? Like are they in a certain area? And they were like, no, all the bags from like everywhere from all the canceled flights are just mixed together. So it's like thousands of bags. They've taken them off the, um, what's the thing that goes around? They've taken them off and they've lined them up, but they're lined up just, just in the way that they took them off. Like there's no sorting. So you just got to walk up and down aisles, hundreds, if not a thousand bags and two different baggage areas and just hope for the best. It took me five hours to get my bag. And then I couldn't get a cab from Heathrow. So I ended up taking the express train, which really wasn't that bad, all things considered. But I didn't get back home until 11 o'clock. And I was like, oh my God. I was able to get them to rebook my flight. Like they pushed back so fucking hard. And I was like, ma'am, at that point, I was like, I've been at this airport for 11 hours. You have canceled two of my flights and I can't even leave because I've been waiting four hours to get to find my bag at baggage claim. You're going to have to do me a solid. Like I have plans. I am bouncing around Europe. You have ruined the first leg of my trip. The very least you could do is help me get to my second destination. They were like fly from London to Paris. You could just take the train. The train is filled, ma'am. Plus, you work for an airline. How are you telling people to take the train instead of the fucking plane? All that shit, and they had flights. She was like, the new flight is three is more than 350 miles from the old flight. So, like, our policy is, ma'am, I need you to make an exception. I have explained to you what I have been through because of your airline all day. I need you to make an exception for me. Can you do that, please? Please, ma'am. I'm, I'm asking you because y'all owe me this. She's like, okay, fine. We can waive the fee. It was 289 pounds to fly. I was like, I didn't even pay that for the original ticket. 289 pounds is roughly $350 to fly from London to Paris. It's like flying from 
D.C. to New York. You get up in the air and then 20 minutes later, they're like, okay, we're preparing for our descent now. They did get me out on Thursday. I got to the airport. I didn't even book a hotel for Paris until I was on the plane because I was so like traumatized by what happened on Tuesday. And I was like, I'm not trying to book a hotel. And then I got I can't cancel it because y'all's flight don't take off. Like, mm-mm. I was on the plane and the plane was moving before I actually like clicked the book button. But I'm here. I'm in Paris. I have a few friends that are in town. I went to a party last night. It's Paris Fashion Week. It's Men's Fashion Week. So like a ton of people are in town. Maybe you saw, because it's everywhere. Pharrell is the new creative director for Louis Vuitton menswear. He did his first runway show in Paris on Tuesday. So a lot of people are in town. And when I say a lot of people, I mean like Jay-Z, Beyonce. Jay-Z performed at the show. Rihanna, Rocky, Zendaya, LeBron and Savannah. Plus, Global Citizen was last night. Lenny Kravitz was the headliner. I was actually supposed to go to that, but I had another event and I just couldn't pull it off for both. But there's just a ton of people. And by people, I mean black people in Paris right now. So it's really good vibes. I mean, it's always good vibes in Paris, but there's like black American vibes. So it's good times. So I went to a party last night, hung out with some friends, and I'll probably do a dinner tonight. When I'm done recording this, I'm going to go gallivant in the city. There's a couple museums and a restaurant that I've had high on my bucket list that I wasn't able to get to last time I was here. So I, I want to do that today. Um, and then tomorrow I'm off again. It's like a mini odyssey. It's three countries, three cities. It was supposed to be four cities, three countries, but you know, roll with the punches. You know, when you travel for a life, you take some L's. Speaking of taking L's, last episode, I'd already heard about the contraption. I think that's probably the best way to describe it that the the millionaires and billionaires took down to see the remains, the graveyard that is the Titanic, and their contraption was lost in the ocean. They couldn't find them. They did a whole rescue mission for them, which I have thoughts about. Um, not actually mad that they did a rescue mission. Like, I understand people are like, well, your dumbass shouldn't have gone down there, which I get why people say that, but also people do dumb shit sometimes. I think people have amazing resentment for people with um, extreme wealth. They're rich people for sure. They might be stupid people based on, you know, some of the things that I've read about the contraption. But they're still human lives. Even if you don't like billionaires, even if you think they're assholes, if you don't like white people. Everybody wasn't white. Two of those people were brown. I think they were from Bangladesh. I think it's a sad situation. And I've seen the memes. I've laughed at the memes. People bring out amazing humor in the midst of tragedy. And still, I have empathy for them. I spent nine months bopping around various countries in Africa. And for sure, I made some decisions that in retrospect, like, girl, by God's grace and the prayers of your grandmothers are the only reason that I am still here. And I've done things in the moment. Like, I knew when I did it, it was stupid. Like, when I got on that canoe in the middle of a storm, to go into the ocean in Lamu, trying to get to the airport one morning, I knew it was dumb. And when the canoe stopped in the middle of the ocean, and I can't swim, don't have on life jacket the first, there might have been a life jacket in the boat. I'm like, you out here really for real playing with your life. Most of my stuff does involve water. So maybe that's why I have more empathy than most for the guys. I got on this boat in Dakar. 
it really should have been like 20 people on the boat. It was probably like 60. And I was like, oh, oh, I don't know. But everybody was like, this is normal. This is regular. You'll be fine. Like these boats go back and forth. It's only five minutes. You really going to wait for the next boat? The next boat going to have the same amount of people on it. Just get on the boat. And the water was choppy. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Once again, by God's grace and praying grandmothers, I knew it was stupid when I did it. I knew I had no business doing it, but I was on some like, oh, it's an adventure. I'll be fine. God didn't bring me this far to drop me off here. Or maybe he did. I made dumb decisions. I've gotten on little planes. I slept with my door open. I followed a guy. I mean, he worked there. And it was in like a secured area. It wasn't like I was really in the middle of the forest. It was like a curated forest as an attraction, separating like the super expensive hotel from like the medium expensive hotel. But still, strange man, like, you want to go into the forest and see some giraffes? Yes. Any of those situations, like, it could have gone, like, you know, ape shit. When I left my door open and dude popped up, like, I really genuinely thought in a moment I was about to get raped, best case scenario, or killed. Thankfully, it didn't happen that way. I mean, stupid decisions. But do I want somebody to come rescue my ass? Yes. Did I do something dumb? Absolutely. Do I want somebody to come save me, come help me in the moment? Please. I'm not mad they went to look for the men. What I am mad at is this level of concern, attention, nonstop coverage, tracking the amount of oxygen, bringing on the experts, what could have happened, what went wrong. Do this for missing black people, particularly black girls. Black girls go missing every day and no one sends out a search party for them. Their lives are equally as valuable as adventure-seeking millionaires in a contraption that's gone into the ocean. Your chances of actually recovering them are probably higher. The level of care and concern that you have for rich white people, find it for everybody, even the people that you don't quote unquote consider valuable. Because America, the media talking about it, people on social media talking about it, they were talking about it on a radio in London. I was like, are you, are you serious? I was like, this ain't even y'all's issue. Y'all concerned about the millionaires too? Titanic left from the UK. Okay. But all this chatter, all this concern, it says a lot about who is valued and who is not. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. I don't understand white people's fascination with the Titanic. 
I wasn't really that interested in it until the movie came out. I didn't see the movie in theaters because I was like, it's three hours. I'm not sitting in a movie theater for that long. I did it for Malcolm X. I'm not doing it for Titanic. I finally went to see it in the college theater. I think I paid $2 to go see it one afternoon. I ain't had nothing better to do. And I was like, well, let me just go watch it since everybody's talking about it. And that song is everywhere. And it was actually a good movie. Like, I like Jack and Rose. There absolutely was room for him to get on that board at the end of the movie. People have different obsessions. Like, these people are really into the Titanic. I'm really into, like, wild animals. I went on safari, like, what, five times in nine months? I really like animals. I bought, like, the big-ass camera to shoot the animals. That's another one. Like, why is your dumbass out there with the animals? You sit in a truck that doesn't even have windows or a ceiling running around with elephants and lions and cheetahs. If the elephant gets mad and decides, you know, today is the day, then you don't have no more days. The elephant come attack the truck. I know my black ass shouldn't be out here. Still, come get me. I wanted to take pictures of lion eyeballs. I've literally said that on this podcast. I know it's crazy. And I go do the crazy shit. Please come get me if something happens to me. I read this one article on CNN and they guessed that maybe the guys had died an unpainful death. Everybody else was like, no, like that shit probably imploded or, or they sat in their own urine and vomit, muscle spasms because it was too small to stand up. It's five people in a very small space and they were in that space until the air ran out. Like they watched each other die and they had no food. It was probably a, a horrible ending. By all accounts, they are no longer alive. My prayers and empathy are with their family, except one of the billionaires had a stepson who went to a Blink-182 concert while his stepfather was lost at sea. Tell me you don't like that man without telling me you don't like that man. Ain't really nothing you could do sitting in the house waiting on a phone call. I understand why people just need to get out and about, go do something. I totally get why he went to the concert. What I don't understand is why he had to put it on social media and tell everyone about it. Sir, if you don't just go and get on... I do not understand this obsession with putting every single thing that you do on social media. And I'm somebody who shares a lot. I tell you probably 10%. There's tons of shit I do that I never mention. I don't post pictures. I don't take pictures. And it's not because I'm doing anything nefarious. It's just I don't need to share every single aspect of my life. In other news, we have a treat today. Remember a couple episodes I was like ranting and raving about my friend Tia Williams. I'm absolutely name dropping because I'm very proud of her. Once again... I only talk about the people I'm proud of. The people who ain't shit, I just keep that in my head. But Tia Williams has a movie coming out on Netflix today. The Perfect Find, starring Gabrielle Union. Tia and I used to be colleagues at Essence, gosh, back in like 2009. But she's just like a wonderful human. A wonderful human and also a wonderfully talented human. She's the author of six books. I think The Perfect Find is her fifth. Yeah, Accidental Diva, and then the YA novels, and then the Yaman book, and then The Perfect Fine, and then my absolute fave. We talked about it when it came out, because I read it in a day. Seven Days in June. I love that book. Tia is an absolutely amazing writer and author, and now her fifth book has been turned into a Netflix movie. The only reason I haven't watched it is because I didn't get up early enough and I had to do the podcast, and then I'm going out to Gallivant in Paris, but I'll probably get a chance to watch it tonight. I'm so super excited about it. I'm so super happy and proud for Tia and her family. She has an adorable teenage daughter. She has a husband who takes fabulous pictures and video of her on the red carpet. 
he did really good for the premiere of her film. It premiered at Tribeca Film Festival and he got really great footage. I was like, yes, husband, yes. And today, our treat is we have a chat with Tia. I talked to her last week when I was still in London. The signal was terrible. I tried to do it online. She was at her parents' house. I was having sketchy Wi-Fi issues. So we couldn't do the call over the internet, the app that I usually use, which makes it sound good and clear. We had to go old school and do it on speakerphone held up to the microphone. It's not my favorite way. It's not the best audio, but it's what we've got. We tried twice with the online thing and just the Wi-Fi gods were working against us. But we got the content. Um, and I got a chat with my Tia to talk about her movie and her book and the process of making it all come together. It's a totally fascinating story. Like I've known Tia for years. And like, as she was talking, I was like, girl, wait, what? Also her life, her lived life is totally a rom-com. Please welcome Tia Williams to Ratchet and Respectable. We tried to be fancy, Tia. We really tried. We tried so hard. We did what we could. We tried. That's terrible. This is okay, right? It's just clearer when it's over the signal, but if the signal is trash, then it, then it's not clear at all. There's nothing. Yeah. That's all. Okay. It's gonna fine. It. We're going to do it. But hi, Tia Williams. I am so excited to talk to you today. I know. I moved here like a month ago. It's one of my favorite cities. Black British life. Like, it's my favorite new, like, you know, thing in media. I will read all the books. I will watch all of the shows. I just love it. Yay. It's really good. I've been hanging out, like, in Brixton, i.e. where all the black people are. It's it's good living. Yeah. Love Brixton. Yes. But you've been living. When I hit you, I guess, like, yesterday, I had set a timer in my on my phone I'd set an alarm because I was like call Tia because her movie comes out on the 23rd and I didn't realize that you were like mid prep for your debut at the Tribeca Film Festival yes it was so surreal I don't even know like first of all I'd never been have you been yeah I assumed you'd been like a million times it's not my world you know and I was never an entertainment editor I was a beauty like Mm. so outside of anything that I've done you know so to be there first of all was exciting but then to be there because there's a movie premiering based on the book that you wrote in your bad pajamas in your bedroom almost 10 years ago is insane but you look so good everyone in matching orange i know the synergy it was not planned at all i assume the orange was planned because it was the same shade of orange it was you and gabrielle and gina torres and our agent, because we share an agent for people who don't know. But Sharice was also an orange. I was like, oh, my God, this was planned orange. Not at all. Like, we just looked like, uh, you know, like a dazzling sunset. It was the mood board, but none of us had, like, checked in. <laughs> I love it. And orange is, like, the next it color. Like, when I went shopping yesterday, like, over here, like, there's orange everywhere. It looks so good on brown skin. It so does. Good. Everyone looks so yeah. beautiful. What did it feel like? When you get to Tribeca Film Festival, there is like a line of of reporters and cameras and you're walking the red carpet for your film. What is going through your head? It was wild. I just never thought that I would be be in the position. You know, we come from the same world. Like we're journalists, we're reporters. Like, you know, being on the other side of it. And I've been an author for a long time, so being interviewed about my book is one thing. But being interviewed, you know, 
about a movie is not something that I ever, it's something I always hoped for. I feel like almost every author sort of has that dream of having a film or TV adaptation, but you know, Hollywood is tricky, things get optioned and then they don't work mm-hmm. out. I've been in a situation where I've had books option before and it doesn't work out. So I had no reason to believe that this would actually like go to the finish line. And so I'm having many layers of, is this really happening as I'm walking down the red carpet? I'm like, this is also my first time wearing skims. I can barely breathe, A. And, you know, I'm not a high heel wearer, so I was like, let me just make sure I don't fall, make sure I breathe, make sure I continue to smile, and at the same time, try to take all this in. But I actually couldn't take it in until I was sitting in the audience watching it. That's when it really hit me that this was happening. What are you thinking when you're sitting in the audience? I became an audience member. Like, it was like... I was watching it like everyone else. And I had seen it before. I, I got a, a screener, but it's different, like sitting on your couch with your, you know, very dry, blonde teenager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, we're, it, it, it didn't really sink in until you see, I loved it when I saw it at home, but seeing it with an audience and hearing the reaction and understanding that these characters come from your brain, you know, the movie had a different writer and the director was definitely their um, vision, but the springboard was something that I created. So it was just wild to see ideas that were in my brain that only lived in my brain and on the page, you know, see them come alive in the theater. It was just, it was crazy. Wow. So I was trying so hard to, you know, when you put on your listening ears, like when you're in school and they're like, on your listening ears. I was trying to hear every little thing that people were saying in the audience, like trying to pick up on, you know, things that they would whisper to each other. And it was all extremely favorable, I have to say. Good, good, good. I saw your recap this morning and you were like, they loved it. They loved it. Cheers. Cheers. Laughter. But the tears were for me. I was weeping like crazy. I was trying to keep my lashes on. It's a whole ordeal. Trying to stay engaged, trying to stay beautiful, trying to breathe. Yeah. That's amazing. You said you wrote this book like 10 years ago. 2016. I started writing it 10 years ago, yeah. Okay. So where did this idea come from? Because this was, you've done a memoir before this one. You've done a novel before this one. This is your sixth, this is your fifth book. You've had six yeah. now. I had done, uh, my first novel was The Excellent Diva, and then I did YA. I okay. Was a young adult, um, and then I worked with Iman on her uh, beauty memoir. I remember but, that. So I hadn't written, you know, a grown-up novel since 2004. So this was, uh, yeah, it was a brand new, you know, it's back in the game, and it was really, really hard. It was actually like the worst writing experience, like publishing experience of my life. Why? It was rejected by every major publisher everyone are you serious everywhere it was just so many no's um and it was always from you know like racist ass reasons you know it was like oh you know can you talk a little bit more about so jenna's a fashion editor um 
we know that fashion is a largely white industry. Can you talk a little bit about how she, you know, felt like we need more of the black struggle in the book? It, it, it's a rom-com. It's, it's not. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> tears in my eyes oh my god I didn't know that was the story for the book oh yeah it was horrible like in my head like it went to this major publisher and there was this like gigantic push and like all the Hollywood agents came like barking and clapping for it and then there was a bidding war and oh my gosh oh my god this is the little book that could oh my gosh I'm so proud of it I'm so happy for you. Oh my gosh. I certainly never saw this, you know, it, it, it ending up here of all places. I thought seven people would read it. Oh my gosh. No, 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 no. And it's so good. What did your daughter say? What did Lena say? The movie? She loved it. She, she couldn't believe. She, okay, so she hasn't read the book because I won't let her read any of my books until she's 35. We are clear on that. Um, but she couldn't believe that I. The movie was. She was like, if the movie is spicy and it's based on your book, how spicy is your book and why do you feel the need to write these spicy scenes? And I just got my feeling 
conversation with my 14-year-old daughter about how sex scenes don't just exist just to be, you know, salacious. They're actually pushing the narrative forward, and she's, like, holding her ears and screaming because hearing your mom talk about sex is disgusting. Um, I love her. Yeah, I know. She loved it. She's, I mean, peace power. Can we talk? Yes. good in this role. He is the perfect heir. I love, I love. It's Keith Powers, Gina Torres is in it, Gabby Union, obviously. She's great, Gabby Union. Um, Aisha. Huger is, yeah, Aisha's in it, Lala is in it, Godfrey has a cameo that is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. He's always hilarious. I didn't know Lala was in it. Okay. I saw her in one of the pictures and I thought, I was like, oh, she's there to support. Okay. But no, Lala's in it. Okay. She's in in everything. Yay. I want to ask like a favorite scene, but I don't want to give anything away, especially because it's only like, this is airing the day it comes out. So I just want people to be like, oh my God, I'm going to go watch this now. I'm done. I'm leaving this podcast and I'm going to like watch this film. Mm-hmm. So it would be a spoiler. No, we don't want spoilers. Like, even if you read the book, like talking too much about what happens in the movie is a spoiler because there's a lot of new uh, sort of storyline. Was that jarring for you as a writer to see it going in like different directions? You're like, wait, we're supposed to go left and now we're going right. What's happening? You know, it was. I know how it goes. Like this is every TV film adaptation, right? Like it's they're adapting a book or a news or you know magazine article or whatever it is for a totally different medium and so you have to change things you just have to and I was prepared for it but it's still like oh that's late it's supposed to go this way but in the end I love the choices that they made they made the you know perfect sense for a movie because some some of you know the pacing some of the narrative structures some of the themes just don't work in a, you know, less than two hour future film, you know? Yeah. So you kind of have to take yourself out of it and not be so precious about the work. Yeah. Something else too. Um, and because like the dating and relationship space changes so very rapidly, I think some things that are okay in 2016 become weird in 2023 without knowing exactly what changes they made. I just think about things that I I wrote like over the years that I would never write now because it's an, an entirely different landscape. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can you kind of cringe at some of the things that you wrote that aren't really, you know, the the most progressive today and it's just like, oh shit. Please don't cancel me. <laughs> <laughs> I think about that all the time. And I think I even say something in there, like a character calls another character a, a slut or slutty or something. And it's just like, oh, I've had people DM me like, you know, you should really change that. Like, it doesn't really play well, you know, mm-hmm. in 2023. And I'm just like, I mean, that is a thought. But, yeah. Especially, like, with the two of us, like, with such a long history of our bylines out there it's like who even knows what we've we've been saying for the past 20 years yeah and the crazy thing too is like I think a lot of it is like when I said it it was actually considered kind of progressive 
And now it's just like you, like, I don't know. You absolute animal. Yeah. Exactly. What are you working on now? I heard there's another book coming out in 2024. My next novel, A Love Song for Ricky Wilde, comes out in February 2024. And the pre-order, um, the pre just opened up last week. Yeah. Uh, so you can pre-order it anywhere. You can pre-order books on your favorite indie bookseller or anywhere. Is there anything in the works? We have one successful film under our belt. My favorite, you know, is Seven Days in June. I read that like in a day. Like I could not put it down. Like I fell asleep because it was 3 a.m., not because the book got boring. And then I had to pick it up immediately. I turned over like I was searching for my phone and I grabbed my copy and I finished reading before I got out of bed. That's how serious it was to me for these characters. Any plans? For a film, a TV show, or something. I do writer's rooms now. I can write now to you. But any plans? Right. I know. I know you do. Uh, so, yeah, it was optioned by Will Packer yes. for TV. Yes. yes, yes, yes. I didn't know that. Yes, it makes me so happy. I know. It's kind of been put on hold until the writer's strike is over. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be good. Yeah. It will end someday. No. We've, we've been through it before. I know. Exactly. Like, pay the people. Pay the people. You can't do anything without the writer people. Pay the people so we can get our shows back. Let's go. Let's go. Speed it up. Yeah. Exactly. No, that's so exciting. I'm so terribly, wonderfully excited for you. We've known each other forever and a day, and, like, we're a long way from, like, cubicle life. Yes. Oh gosh. The bangs were blonde. I was like, this is very Rihanna. Very 2009. It was very inspired by Rihanna. The blonde swoop. The blonde swoop was a thing. I'll never be blonde again. Like I vowed in order to save my hair. God, never again. No more bleach. Just save what I have left. You are stronger than me. You are I keep getting these highlights and I'm shedding all over the East Coast. No. Terrible. No. I had to let it go. You're smart. I had to in order to save the hair. Oh, also, I wanted to give compliments to Hubby because he did really good with the social media. He held the camera. It was steady. He, it was, there was no blur. Like, he was right up on it, but close enough so we could get the details, but not too close. We're, like, seeing pores. Like, he did really, really good. I was very proud of him. Content king. I am so proud of him. I told him he out Courtney B. Vance. Courtney B. Yes. So, so proud. Support king. He did good. Husband did very good. Yes. Oh, he's so dreamy. Yes. Is that where you guys met? Yeah, Bumble. What? Yeah. Tia, why do I feel like I'm having this conversation and I don't know you at all? Like, I'm like, with these details, what? Yeah, I don't go anywhere. Like, where am I going to find a man? Where am I going to meet anyone? And you met him on Bumble? I need to know, like, the whole backstory. So how did this, how did this work? How did this come to be? Well, I do have to, I mean, I make it sound like a success story, but, I mean, it ultimately was, but I was, I was on the app for four years. Okay. So like four years of Thursdays. Take some breaks. And some breaks. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. 
that's fine. One day a week, some breaks to get like a good ass husband. That works. It clearly works. When did you know, like, I think this could be my husband? Like, how far in were you? So I was working at Bubble and Bumble at the time, not to be confused with Bumble, yeah, <laughs> um, the hair brand. Mm-hmm. And I swiped right on him, and we had one text conversation, and I went into um, a marketing meeting that afternoon, and we were sharing, like, news, you know, business updates, and my business update was that I found my man. Are you serious? I announced it, yeah. Off of a text? Off of a text. I passed my phone around. Everybody was like, yep, you found your baby. (laughs) (laughs) It's like confirmation. It's not just me. It's not just me. Everyone saw it. Everyone saw it, yeah. It was just, my my father was in um, the Army, and we were stationed in Germany, in North Germany, way up, you know, on the North Sea, from 85 to 89. And he... Francesco is Danish, and he is from a town that's really only like an hour and a half from where I grew up in Germany. And we had all the same references, like we knew all the same, you know, little things and connected in this way that I had never connected with anyone before. It was, it was cool. Oh, wow. Get out there. Oh, and you never know what it's going to look like. I certainly did not think that my man was going to be Danish, but here we are. He's fine. He is fine. And I'm trying, and I'm on Duolingo, so. <laughs> 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 you never know, girls. Keep an open mind. I love that. Look at you. Inspiration, hope, entertainment, beauty tips. You're everything. I love you, Tia. I try. I love you back. Yay. So Yes. Well, congratulations again on your film, your your best-selling blockbuster film that's going to be like number one worldwide on Netflix, speaking it into existence. Manifesting. 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 That's what we do. All right, my love. Is there anything I didn't ask you about, like your book or your life or your work or your anything that you want um, listeners to know? My new book, The Love Song for Rick Wild, is very delicious, and it's a great, big, epic love story. There's Harlem Renaissance magic. There is a very enigmatic relationship between a florist and a mysterious pianist. It's very steamy. Um, and I think everyone should pre-order it. I'm so bad at doing that. I'm so bad. But you have to sell yourself. You have to be a marketer. I know. It's my least favorite part. I just like to do it and put it out. And then everyone around me is like, you have to talk about it. That's how it sells. I'm like, I know, I know, I know. I know. I know. I mean, if we can't do it for ourselves, who can? You know who my greatest publicist is? Oddly enough, my dad. Oh, the dad's right for us. But he's my, my best publicist ever. Like, he tells everyone whatever I'm doing and wherever I am where he can remember. Because he's like, where are you today? As he should. This is their job. I love that. It is. It's very sweet. I'm excited. I have, like, a whole multi-hyphenate superstar friend. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and now a screenwriter. And now a screenwriter. Yes. All right, my love. Thank you for this talk, Demetrius. It's always fun to, to jump on your amazing, spectacular podcast. Thank you. Isn't Tia the greatest? I'm so genuinely goo gobs happy for her. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait for this Will Packer series. 
for seven days in June. And I tell you, I love that book. I love that book. And I'm not just saying that because like I just interviewed Tia. Like, no, I love that book. I have some friends that have written books. I don't talk about their books. I'm going to leave that alone. That's the episode for today. We have other things to talk about. We'll talk about them on Tuesday. I have thoughts on Megan Good and Jonathan Major. I want to yell at Megan Good. Remember in Black Panther, Chadwick, T'Challa? He was in that first battle with Winston Duke. His mother, Angela Bassett, yelled from the sideline. She said, remember who you are. That's a terrible Angela Bassett impression. And I wish somebody would run up on Megan Good and yell that at her. You hard launched a relationship at your man's court hearing for assaulting the woman before you. Or, or better, the woman that was his main when you were his side. Okay. We'll talk about it next week. All right. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.